Hello, hello and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together, 258 with Joe McCann. My guest today is Joe McCann, the co-writer of The Bookies, which is just about to open at Dundee Rep, directed by my good friend Sally Reid. So, exciting times ahead, it's good to chat to Joe and uh, I've never met him before and what I loved was that Joe sent me an email and he said, I've written this play, let's talk. Now, I just, I really admire that, I love that and if that's you, if that applies to you, then do it. Um, I can't promise that I speak to everybody, I don't have masses of time but I really admire that kind of spirit and I think that's the kind of spirit that keeps us going in this business. So... Great to talk to Joe and um, fascinating to hear about the bookies and it does sound like an amazing play. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm recording this uh, just before I go away on holiday so I'm taking a week off and uh, when this comes out I'll already be away, hopefully in some warm sun. I've got my fingers well and truly crossed for good weather um, and that's that's what I'm looking forward to and I'm hoping that uh, I can actually switch off for a week. I don't know if it's possible, I don't know. It's been It's been known to happen to people not really me very often but there you go stranger things have happened how are you i hope you're well um hope you're seeing stuff i saw um the meaning of zong at the lyceum last night tremendous play um one of the things that i mean it's obviously a really important story and and amazing to hear it and terrifying um but the design and the whole the way the production slotted together for me on this occasion was what really got me. Um, the design was amazing and there's one particular twist in the design that just, I'm not going to tell you, but it just, I just was so impressed by how it did that. Um, so, I'm going to tell you now about what's on this week at Play A Pie and A Pint. We've got Dave Anderson's musical opening time which has been waiting for its turn to go for so long pre-pandemic and then tried again and various things have happened well finally it's happened it's directed by Kirsten McLean and the cast is Alan Orr, Lola Aluko and Stephen Wren the uh, the play opens or has already opened and runs until the end of this week Saturday the 23rd of April that's at 1pm every day and your ticket cost includes a drink and a pie of course it's a play a pie and a pint so get on down there and see opening time by dave anderson now what else can i tell you yeah i went to see the meaning of zong i've got a case full of books obviously i've got clothes as well uh, but the main thing i'm bringing with me is books i'm hoping to get a chance to just read loads um i tend to read more when i'm in the sun i don't know what that's about whether it slows me down or something enough to actually stay with a book for long enough to get into it. I don't know. Even when it gets sunny here for two days, suddenly I was reading much longer stretches of reading, sitting still, I suppose. So I'm hoping that that's going to happen um, over the next week and I'll come back. Obviously, I'll come back a much better person because I've, I've read stuff. Um, anyway, I hope you're reading something good, watching something good. Um, the temptation is, for many of us, I think, is to re-watch uh, the old favourites, you know, I think I think we've all got um, a series or whatever that we we just watch over and over again. I know for a lot of people, it's something like Friends or The Office, and these you know like a comedy series that so called easily digestible. Um, and I find it sort of a challenge to myself to actually decide to watch something new and stick with it. The attention span is not what it used to be. So recently, I've been watching Time on BBC iPlayer, the uh, Jimmy McGovern prison. Uh, drama which is really good really great writing um and i'm loving as always what's his name stephen graham um 
and Sean Bean. Tremendous, tremendous stuff. Um, so I'm enjoying that and the temptation now to go on holidays, of course, to go to the old favourites. But we'll see. We'll see what gets downloaded. Um, I hope you're getting some good stuff, um, whether it's in the theatre, on the page, on the screen. I hope there's good stuff getting taken in. Um, because I read somewhere, I think it was in Tom Hodgkinson's book, How to Be Free, that... Um, for our minds to produce good stuff, we have to put good stuff in, and we have to think of it as mulch for the um, for the mind. So if we just continually fill it with garbage, then we can't be too surprised when garbage comes out. <laughs> so, so bear that in mind when you're deciding what to put on the telly. Uh, yeah. Hope you're well, hope things are good, and I hope you're looking forward to hearing this conversation with Joe McCann. I really enjoyed having it, and it's been great to have him as a guest on the show. So let's hear all about the life and times of Joe McCann and his new play, The Bookies. Here he is, he's with me, and we are putting it together. When you say you're just back from Hungary, what does that mean, Mike? In the last two weeks or in the last year or... Last uh, six months. So you were there during the whole pandemic and everything? Yeah, the majority of the pandemic uh, happened out there for me, so... Wow. Yeah. I moved back here end of September, so... Right. And uh, you lived there for 14 years? 14 years, yeah. So it was a long time out there. So I've got so many questions, I don't know where to start. Let yeah. me start with, how did you end up in Hungary in the first place? Uh, my, well... My ex-partner was Hungarian, so I moved out there, and right. I was working out there. I was working in IT, and I love the country. It's a great place, and uh, politics aren't team. great. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they just had an election last week. I, I don't know. It was all over BBC News and everything, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Victor Orban got re-elected, and yeah, they're not... Uh, That's uh, not good. It's not... Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to say much about the poll. I'd spoke to my wife about it before I came, actually, and I have a tough enough time getting into the country, you know, when I'm I'm flying back into the airport, and even when I'm flying out, I'm getting shipped from the security control, control sorry, uh-huh, and I'm uh-huh. going through the airport, and it's like, just calling you, like, racist names and stuff, like no. Little Brownie and everything, so... Really? Yeah, I tried... Yeah, yeah, like recently. So I, even when I was leaving once, uh, I had the mask on and the guy was like, why are you wearing a mask? And I was like, because of the COVID rules. And he's like, if you're not sick, you shouldn't be wearing a mask. Eh? Just give me shit, you know. But that that's parts of Hungary is like that. Other parts of the majority of it's just, it's a beautiful place. And right. I love the country and it's it's a beautiful country, you know, so. So you ended up, you were working in IT. Does that mean that at that time back then you weren't involved in, in the arts at all or? Well, I always wanted to write, you know. I grew uh-huh. up, I, I would always write short stories and poetry and everything. And But uh-huh. not until around 2011 did I did I give it a real go. I mean, I stu- uh-huh. I studied creative writing, and mm-hmm. but I didn't do much with it. And in 2011, me and uh, Mikey, uh-huh. who wrote uh, the bookies together, we wrote a play called Penguin Love, which was our first story into, into theatre, man, and that. Oh, God, it was a terrible play. but <laughs> <laughs> We've all written terrible plays. What about that? It was really bad. It was just like about a love triangle and a set in Edinburgh. And it was it was quite funny. People found it funny. But I looked at it recently. I was like, that's not a that's not a play, you know? That's like a... Wait, was it on at the Fringe? Uh, it went to the Fringe, yeah, but the Free Fringe. Was it on at the upstairs part of a bar? Yeah. Did you go to this? I saw it. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I've got a refund for you. Kevin <laughs> Quinn was in it. Yeah, Kevin Quinn, yeah. Mate, I can't believe this. What I did saw you think? That play. What did you think? I can't remember. I remember <laughs> laughing. I remember laughing. Yeah. I don't, when you, the, the penguin bit rings a bell, but yeah. that's about it. Yeah, Jordan O'Hara was in it, Kevin Quinn. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You saw it, man. Who directed it? Oh, God. I forget her name. I forget her name. She was a good director, but 
I mean, that was... Was it Christy? Yeah, Christy. Christy Who's yeah. now... Kevin and Christy are about yeah, to have yeah, a baby. Yeah, yeah, Are they having a kid? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've not saw Kevin in years, you know, but... They yeah. live in Reading now. He was in it. He yeah, was in it. Yeah, amazing. How's That's he doing, so acting-wise? Like, he's good. I yeah. don't know I don't know really what he's, what he's up to, because they're so focused on the baby at yeah. the moment. Yeah. But they're in good form and they're looking forward to the wee baby coming and everything, so it's great. I think I owe you 20 quid for, <laughs> for that show, man. So. Not if it was in the free friends, you don't know how much. <laughs> I didn't put that much in the bucket. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty empty by the end. You wow. Know, so. But then the fringe, I mean, the average audience numbers at the fringe is something like four or something like yeah. that. So yeah. if, if it's empty there, you're already winning. Yeah. Well, I mean, people laugh, but it wasn't, it wasn't a great play. And then after that, me and Mikey uh, were on the Travers 50. Right. You right. know? Which was quite cool. So mm. I had a play called the Charcoal Rooms. It was, it was about hell basically and death, and it was quite, mm. quite dark. But it was quite, it was funny too. <laughs> Sweet. So yeah. you and Mikey have all written together. Well, not all the time, but a lot of stuff. We wrote a play called Lace Up that went to the Fringe. That mm. did okay. It was a boxing play. That's actually a play I like, and I'd like to see it. You revived. actually like it? Yeah, that's a good play. Bonus. Uh, yeah. And then uh, after that, man, I took a, a big break from the industry. I was just like nothing much was happening it's hard to get any kind of commission i mean mm-hmm. it's so difficult and uh and i just concentrated on well real work if that makes sense just like making a living yeah and, yeah so i did some it work i started in a call center then i i got a few promotions and and then and when the pandemic happened i was like me and my wife were like let's let's give writing another go and right. uh i was sitting up one night trying to come up with a story i wanted to write something about uh George Floyd, everything that was going on with that. Mm-hmm. And I read an interview with uh, Gary McNair. Yeah. And he was talking about locker room talk, you know, the play locker room talk. Yeah. And I thought, shit, that's the idea. That's that's what I can do. But instead about misogyny, I'll do it about racism. So I'll do interviews with people in Scotland and oh, see what right. their views are on George Floyd, Black Lives Matter. And I pitched it to the Tron and Andy Arnold came back within a couple of days and said, yeah, like, let's do this. And I, I was stunned. Mm-hmm. I knew it was... Well, can I say it's a great idea? I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he, yeah, and he, yeah. And that was my first ever professional commission uh, with the Tron was 2020. And uh, obviously what happened happened with that play, but still, yeah, it was quite, pr- I'm proud of the play. I'm proud of the work that went into it. And all the people gave up their time to be interviewed, interviewed people of color and white people too, you know? So I got both sure. sides and yeah. Uh, and then after that, during well during that during that process, I pit, we pitched uh, the bookies and and that Dundee took that. And tell me a bit about the bookies because I don't know much about it. Yeah, so it's a play set in a betting shop. To be honest, me and Mikey always wanted to write a play, something set in a betting shop. The first mm-hmm. ever thing we did that was titled the bookies was a, a sitcom pilot, right. and that was like two thousand and seven or something. Mm-hmm. And we took it to our uni lecturer, and he read it. He's, he said he likes it, but there's too many cunts in this for this to go on TV, you know. <laughs> and we were like, okay. back to the theater. Yeah, <laughs> but then so, but we actually sent it to an agent, and uh, and she was like, she loves this. This is broken. This is perfect for BBC comedy. I don't know why mm. she thought that. Right. We sent it to I think is it Galvin Smith? It was yeah. a comedy unit, mm-hmm. and he said he likes it. But guys, yeah, there are too many, <laughs> there are too many cunts in <laughs> that can't go on TV. Right. So then. Uh, uh, like uh, fast forward to last year and we thought let's write a, a bookies play again Mikey knows uh, Gregory Burke mm-hmm. he said to him like we're thinking about writing a play about the bookies and he was like yeah you should do it it's, it needs to be done you know mm-hmm. like so then we pitched uh, Dundee Rep uh, Andy uh, and Andrew Panton mm-hmm. sorry not Andrew <laughs> Andrew Panton uh, off at Dundee Rep and 
the pitch was going horrible like at first we like Mikey was reading that line from the play and I could just see Andy was thinking who are these two idiots like what what <laughs> what, what are they trying to sell me here and then at one point it just you could see like there was a switch and he was like okay cool and then you said at the end of the thing so I, I take it your boys are, are looking for a commission we're like yeah <laughs> yeah of course and mm -hmm. so, okay let me get back to you and then two weeks later he got back and wow and we got commissioned for the bookies so yeah that's great yeah when was that April last year, so right, so fairly swift. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's been almost a year since we we pitched it, but the idea for the bookies has been there since two thousand and seven. So. But that happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Ideas just sit with you, and yeah. until you've done it, yeah, it's sort of just there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, mate. But it needed to be done. Yeah, and uh, we worked on it very hard. We worked with Douglas Maxwell. You know, he was a dramaturg, mm -hmm. and it's really he did some great work with us. Yeah, you know he, some of the lines in the player his and he's quite funny actually he said if it's a hit then he'll take all the credit if it's a disaster then he'll say oh they don't listen to me you know nothing to do with it yeah he's amazing Doug yeah. is a very funny writer oh he's brilliant he's brilliant uh i actually wanted to go and see orphans uh on wednesday but yeah. i wasn't feeling good so but i had my ticket and everything oh, in yeah. hand and i'll go and see it in edinburgh i think i, I, yeah, I need yeah. to get along i owe my beer anyway for all the work he put in for <laughs> for the bookies man so. i'm sure at least yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell me a, a bit about hungary then how, how that came about and what and what creative life was there for you if any there wasn't much i mean i did a little bit of journalism actually oh, right. uh, for some expat magazine so i did some interviews I, I wrote some articles about places to go in the city so i would do like these top five lists like best craft beer bars <laughs> or best bars for the first date things like that just like best vegan restaurants things yep, like yep. that i interviewed a few people i interviewed the subways that was quite cool mm -hmm. like on a ship on a like it's a venue it's called a 38 it's a ship on the danube you know and mm -hmm. there's you bands play there it's really cool and I'm trying to think who else interviewed nick pope this ufo guy oh wow. that was cool and uh steve hodell who, who who said his father killed the black dahlia i don't know if you you know that story i don't know the story it's like a woman called elizabeth short it's a big unsolved case she was murdered right. in like 1947 and I, he wrote a book that his dad did it and the, the evidence was quite compelling actually really? so i spoke to him and he also said his dad was the zodiac which i <laughs> the evidence from that yeah. wasn't as good but so not all the details yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> amazing and, uh, yeah and uh also spoke to these guys to do a uh, true crime garage podcast i don't know if you know that mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. a really good pod and sean atwood like he's quite a big name in british uh, podcasting i think i spoke yep. he was the very first guy i interviewed i so nervous on the phone i was like really <laughs> it was a phone call you know but it was it was a great interview and uh he was a nice guy and yeah but were you having were you feeling when you were interviewing these people who are doing creative things uh, that was something missing for you like that you weren't fulfilling that part of yourself yeah yeah i would i would say so yeah mm -hmm. i mean as i said i always loved writing and i had had a few plays on i, I wouldn't say i had success because i'd never been professionally commissioned but i had a few things on mm -hmm. they got well reviewed and yeah as, i was in the trial 50 but i was just you know trying to make a living so yeah not that i didn't have time for it i was still writing stuff but mm -hmm. i was never putting anything out there really i mean i wrote like a few plays and just kept them in a, a drawer and uh, i wrote a few scripts like uh pilots and stuff and but i never really put anything out there until things my white friends say like i was i wasn't doing much but as i when i had that idea i was like God, that's that's the idea i've been looking for for years you know that's been something i've been waiting for for years and uh that's the verbatim piece yeah. that you were talking about yeah my white friends say yeah that laura lovemore was in yeah laura was in it mm -hmm. laura mm -hmm. uh reuben joseph yeah uh jatinder 
Sing. Sing, yeah. yeah. Great actor. And Tandy, I've, I forget her last name. She'll kill me for forgetting I think her. I know Tandy. Yeah. But it was a great cast, great, like, mm-hmm. youthful cast. And uh, I would love to work with them again on something. Like, yeah. Laura's amazing. As I, uh, I was telling you earlier, I, I wrote, I read Joke, and I really wish I had seen it. But, she was great in it. Yeah. Great it, play. Unbelievable play. Like, that. Mm-hmm. I, I read it. Uh, Jemima asked me to read it, and, you know, because it had some racial things going on in it so, sure, I, sure, sure. so I had a read of it and I was like I love it I and mean, this reminds me of like a Neil LeBute play or something the two ma- the two ga- male characters are yeah, yeah. scumbags but it's, it's yeah. a great play you know I, lo- I loved it and I wish I'd seen it but I don't know if it'll, it'll be on anytime soon but I don't know I feel like it definitely will get another life at some point yeah it deserves it because that's yeah. one of the best scripts I've, I've read in ages man I thought it was one of the best ones that certainly that's been in that venue for yeah you know it was a, a yeah. big favourite of mine yeah you don't often, I mean, it's a mixed bag at best when you're putting on a new play every week. It's yeah. going to be a mixed bag, but to have it, to have something that, that was so hard hitting and, and yeah. ticked so many kind of bo- artistic boxes and, and said something important and oh, and made you feel uncomfortable, made you squirm as well, yeah, exactly. which is always good. Yeah. Well, for me, I like that, like, <laughs> oh, fuck, what am I supposed <laughs> to think here? Um, but as I, I was saying to you earlier, mate, like when the, when the joke comes up and the, I'm, I was mm-hmm. like, where's this going man this is this could go one of two ways but it goes in the right direction and it's it's brilliantly written and yeah uh, so but i'm trying to get to more theater man i was in hungary for so long i didn't get to much theater out there and uh is there much going on out there or is it just tours of big things or what well there's obviously hungarian language theater and everything Mm -hmm. and you can go and sometimes they'll have subtitles and there's a night hungarian no, no, unfortunately, I should. I oh, should. come on, <laughs> lazy! I should, man. Yeah, definitely. Mate. I was, I was always terrible at languages. I was, but your wife awful. speaks many languages. I know. She. Yeah. she well, that's fine. You just bring her with you. Yeah, exactly. And she goes, "No, this is, this guy's coming in. He's, <laughs> that's his brother." <laughs> I think that's why she uh, she moved over because she was sick of translating for me. You know, we were in <laughs> she the, wanted a break. Yeah, <laughs> we were in the countryside and for like two and a half years during the pandemic, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, she was translating to everyone because no one down there spoke English. So, <laughs> so you were tough. living in, in rural yeah. Hungary. So I was like, like a big tours from Budapest right. uh, during the pan- we we were in Budapest forever basically, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic hit. Her mom has a nice big house down in the countryside. We thought, okay, we'll go down nice. there. It's near Lake Balaton. I don't know if you if you've no, heard. It. I have no idea. It's the biggest lake in in Europe, I think. Man made, really? Like, not man made. Sorry, the biggest lake in Europe, yeah. I think, or one of the biggest. So we lived close to there. I lo- I love it down there. I loved it down there. I mean. I couldn't really communicate with anyone, but maybe I that's did. why you loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, that sounds good to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can be willfully ignorant, you know, when you go out, you just <laughs> you're not hearing anything. And uh, but no, it was great. I I just get out every day on my bicycle, cycle down to the lake, cycle back home. And, nice. Yeah, you know, and during uh, well, things my wife friends say and the bookies, a lot of it was written there. So written in the in the countryside. Yeah. So Amazing. When you were working on things, my white friends say, like in the interview process, did you find, it, broadly speaking, did you find that you were surprised by what people said, or that you'd heard a lot of it before? I I think I was surprised, mate. I was. Surpri- really? I went into a school, uh, St Andrews. Um, my friend Jordan O'Hara was actually in Penguin Love. He's mm-hmm. a teacher now, oh, drama right. teacher. So he invited me in, and uh, mm-hmm. I went in there and I spoke to the pupils there, and I was shocked by what they're going through because like I'm almost 40 as I, I told you earlier mm-hmm. and I, at my school obviously I would get it but now even now these kids are going through like horrible things said right. to them you know and there was one kid who was telling me uh, a friend said to him you should go back to the cotton, uh, the cotton fields you know and things what? like that and uh, a girl was also saying this was all on the play by the way that, yeah uh, 
she said that she was uptown and some guy chucked a bottle at her and he said, I'm going to rape you, you, you pee word, you know, and everything. Oh so God. it was horrible. I mean, but uh, yeah, I was shocked by it. And um, yeah. from both sides, from what some white people said to me to to what black people said to me, I had uh, a woman to tell me... Uh, like the blacks will, those black bees will do to us what the Jews did to Hitler, given half the chance. I was like, wow, it's like, th this is great material for the play. I'm thinking. It yeah, it's gold, but yeah, I mean, it's horrid. Yeah, it was horrible yeah. as well. So, yeah, I was surprised by a lot of it, to be honest. So, Where, Now, this is interesting to me. Did you, did you have anyone conducting interviews? Did any white people conducting the interviews? No, no, it was just me. So just then, me. so it makes me wonder, did some people, white people, uh, police or censor what they said because they were aware that you were a black person. Do you know what I mean? I wonder if that changed what came out of their mouths. I think so, but sometimes I would bring along friends. So my friend Lucy came on a couple of interviews with sure. me. He wasn't asking questions. He was just there. And my wife came on a few with me. So yep. people kind of let their guard down a little. And right. and just like locker room talk, everyone was told, like, your your name's never going to be on this. So just so go, go nuts. Go nuts. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but it was it was a tough process, definitely. I mean, it wasn't an enjoyable write or anything, but no. I always said to my wife, she's always like, write something lighthearted, and I, I can't, I can't. It's just not, it's not my bag, you know. It's yeah. like this uh, Frightened Rabbit song when he is almost like he's trying to write a love song with yeah. his muse, but he's like, he can't do it because you know it has to be something yeah. dark. He can't write a, a lighthearted song. So what so, is yeah. it? Is there just too much injustice for you to for you to put it to one side and write something light? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm. I find that stuff more interesting. Like, uh, yeah. you know, if uh, if I'm writing something, I'm always drawn some to something that's a little darker than you know a light-hearted comedy. I just I I could try one man, but you would hate it. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you did it before. <laughs> Penguin love. love. Yeah, yeah. But that was like heart. But it also had like this weird love triangle, and it yeah. was it was a bit messed up. But yeah. But there has to be conflict. Yeah, Otherwise, definitely. You don't have a thing, right? Yeah. What about you? What do, what do you like writing? Uh, I don't like writing. No? <laughs> that's, that's one of the big problems of me writing things is I really don't why, like it. Why don't you like it? Um, oh, always second guessing myself. Um, I feel like no matter how hard you work on something, you yeah. finish the draft and then you show it to someone and they go, this is great, but... Yeah. And then they tell you a list as long as you're armed with things that need to change. And I'm like, this is, my, this is the hardest I could possibly work on it. <laughs> And then you change it and you're like, right, okay, I've cracked it. Yeah. And then the person looks at it again and they're like, yeah, it's great. Now, now dig in and now push yeah. it. And I'm like, I, do, I don't know. It doesn't, it feels like it never ends. Yeah. And yeah. I find that so frustrating. Yeah. Kind of like if I'm, as an actor, if I'm in a room, I might try a lot of different ways of doing things. Yeah. But at a certain point, probably on the same day that you started, you're going to get to a point where someone goes, that's right, we've cracked it really like right. that that particular bit yeah okay oh so we know how we're going to do that yeah. and you go right we'll set that good yeah. next yeah and that 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 length of time for that process suits me a bit better yeah so why write then why write i don't know <laughs> um well i have these ideas for yeah things and i think like for example my name is sarah and i wanted to write a musical a one woman musical yeah and i felt like that was just an interesting form yeah definitely. to play with yeah. and i wanted to write something for an amazing woman to be on stage and to kind of give this tour de force performance and for yeah. her to be celebrated for how amazing it was for her to tell the story all single-handedly yeah i wanted to sort of give that to somebody 
And they, but then you have to do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I like it as an idea. But if someone else did it, I'd be like, nah, it's not right. So no, I have to doing, do it myself. But you're doing great. No, you're doing great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and then, you know, you come like at the end of the week of it's going well and someone yeah. says, do you want to do another one? And of course, at that point, you're like, yeah, because it's easy. It's just <laughs> hanging around, listening to people compliment yeah. you. You forget, very quickly forget what it's like you know in yeah. week two of sitting writing it going that's just fucking useless the hard part to go to bed <laughs> how do you like what's your kind of process of writing well i was actually going to say mate with acting i'm this i could never do acting right okay yeah uh, i was like uh i did a talk at my old university like a couple of weeks ago and mm-hmm. i was i had a wee monologue because it was about how to write monologues and everything i had a little monologue prepared and uh mm-hmm. trying to get an actor to do it i couldn't get anyone i was like fuck i'm gonna have to do it myself <laughs> but not on video definitely not on video so i recorded it and i could never learn the lines it's only like yeah a paragraph but i I know I could never learn those lines. Yeah. But you guys go out and you, I don't know how you do it. Like even mm. the bookies last week, uh, we went up on Friday and the, the actors had learned a lot of it. I was like, how? How do you do that? I yeah. don't get it. But in terms of writing process, sorry. I was <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> in terms of writing process, for the bookies, obviously it's a, me and Mikey wrote it together. So mm. it's just like, we kind of both wrote 50% of it and how we would work. We just start the beginning day, eight o'clock, sit down, write everything. At night we just read through it and that was the the worst part of it like we'd go through the, <laughs> we'd we'd be acting at night you know this right, right. this uh all the characters and uh, sometimes we did read throughs that took like four hours and it's like the place an hour and a half like what have we what have you been doing you know <laughs> cut, cut, cut. <laughs> we were just so bad you know and we're so like toned there we were like uh, but that was awful that was a the, awful, the worst part of the process is as soon as we got it in the rehearsal, I was like, thank God I never have to read this play again out loud yeah, with Mikey. Like the actors do it. Yeah. 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 So, but so that, you, did you sit down in the same room together at eight o'clock in the morning and write? No, no. Well, he was in, I was in Hungary. Of course, he you was, were hungry, yeah. yeah. And so he was in Scotland. So now we just get together at the end of the day and uh, get on Zoom read and read what you've got. Yeah. And so, so is it more like you take this bit and you work on this bit? Yeah. yeah. Separately? Yeah, essentially, yeah. So, so how do you how do you make sure that it's coming from a singular voice then or, or some... Consistency. Our writing just complements each other well, you know. Just we, works. We've been best pals for for like twenty odd years, yeah. so we know the characters well. You know, we 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 know what what they they would say and what to think. And obviously, how it works is he'll write something, and I have to say, yeah, that's fine, and mm-hmm. vice versa. So if some if we don't like something, we'll be honest about saying that that's shit. Like you need to change that line, or mm-hmm. you need to take that part out. You know. So the play the plays of you know what it's like. You're a writer, so. The play has changed like a thousand times and we've done yeah. a thousand drafts and last week as I was saying to you in the car we were expected to go up to Dundee and uh, have a big piss up and celebrate. I was like, nah, you, you guys you're, are work. Here, you're here to work. And was that the first week of rehearsals? Yeah, first week yeah, of okay. rehearsals and I was saying to you a couple of times I actually fell asleep with the laptop on me and I woke up I was like, Jesus, I fell asleep writing, you know. In the rehearsal room or later on? Later on, later on. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Like, he's fucking falling asleep. Trying to run this. Yeah, it's his own play. He's, he's bored to death by it, you know. <laughs> Doesn't bode well, does it? <laughs> so what's it like, other than that, what's it like seeing it start to, to come together, looking at the design and see, hearing oh, everyone do their bit? It's going to look beautiful, I'll say that, because a uh, mm-hmm. great director and uh, Kenny Miller's doing the, Oh, is it Kenny, yeah. right? And it's going to look wonderful. We saw his model box. Uh, mm-hmm. where we've been sworn to secrecy, though, what his course, model box is. Of course, but, yeah. Uh, but no, it's going to look great. And it's so exciting. And as, it is scary, too. It is yeah. scary. Uh, like, just being so close to it. And, you know, and that, with things my wife was it was it was meant to come out on a Tuesday. It was cancelled on a Friday. So it sounds weird. The Friday before? Yeah. 
it sounds weird, but until it's on stage, I'm not taking anything for granted. And that sounds silly because it's going to be on. But Yeah, but I think increasingly with COVID, we're quite getting used to the idea that, you know, we can plan, but yeah. things do just change. Yeah. But, yeah. that, but it wasn't a COVID thing that took the other play down. No, no, it wasn't, mate. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and we're not talking about that? No, we are not. <laughs> okay, okay. So some some stuff that we're not going to go into. Yeah. Um, so the bookies is opening, what, did you say three weeks? Yeah, further May, so. Gosh, okay. It's so close, man. It's Will that be the biggest kind of opening of, of your work yet? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, that's the bit, my second professional commission, so... And my first commission, that will actually be out there. So. <laughs> we hope that it goes yeah, on. Yeah, exactly, mate. Okay. So, but yeah, it's so we're so excited. Me and Mikey, we wrote together. We wrote a lot of different scripts together, stuff that never saw the light of day. Yeah. And the one idea that we've consistently had is this bookie's idea, and it's going to be out there. So it's interesting because the only other playwright that I know who writes just writes plays anyway and sticks them in the drawer. Yeah. Is Douglas? Douglas, yeah. Everyone else I know writes to commission you know yeah. or to order as it were yeah and i'm the same i wouldn't think for ever dream of writing something unless someone asked you know there was a deadline yeah but you and mikey have just kept writing all this time really yeah but like we've been looking for a, a break in the industry for a long time you know mm-hmm. i always say with mikey like he's one of the greatest guy uh, dialogue writers out there definitely right. right now so mikey should have been commissioned like a hundred times over by now so, just, i'm obviously i'm biased but of course yeah but uh, the bookies was well my second professional commission and his first and I think he's got something lined up soon so as well. So, so. will he go and do his own stuff separately from you and will you do your own yeah, stuff? Yeah, that's the plan. I actually have right. a play set in Hungary which looks like it's going to be commissioned. So mm-hmm. it's set in a the great Hungarian play and it's like a beautiful place and it's just about relationships. It's about politics and it's set in the great Hungarian. Plane. Oh, plane. Yeah. I thought you said play. I was like, it's... Sp- <laughs> that that would be a bold title. No, this is a this great, is the great game. Game. I was wondering. I was yeah. like, all right, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so it's a... It's, is that like a rural setting then? Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. So it's a beautiful place. So it's a, it's a freehander. Uh, and I mean, I just have the, the pitch, the outline. And I spoke mm-hmm. to theatre and they seem to be interested. So hopefully that gets over the line, man. Wow. Yeah. Would you then be looking for Hungarian actors to be in it? Well, yeah, that's a part of the pitch. I, mm-hmm. I um, so scene two, I want it just to be in Hungarian, but my wife's gonna have to help me with the writing part, obviously. Yeah, of course, yeah. but uh, but that would be great. I mean, it's probably gonna be hard to find them in in Glasgow, but I'm gonna only try. Three though, hmm? it's only three. It's not like you're looking for a cast of forty for a Hungarian yeah. musical. Yeah, or <laughs> three. You could yeah. maybe, maybe we'll give it a shot. Well, there's actually two Hungarian characters and one like uh, black character, so that's kind of. Right, kind of, kind of me and my wife in the play, and then right, got you. And another guy comes in, and it's hopefully it's it gets commissioned, and yeah, another dark play though. Not. <laughs> You're kidding, really? <laughs> <laughs> this is a light-hearted comedy, isn't it? <laughs> just a laugh, a knockabout sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. But so, I, sorry, I was just going to ask you, what is your racial background, and is that allowed? Is that a question that I'm allowed to ask you? Yeah, of course, mate. Like, uh, well, is that the way I'm supposed to ask it? Because yeah. I sometimes think I've got it wrong. No, no, you haven't, mate. Back, the bird background is allowed. Yeah, of course, okay. mate. Well, my, well, I like to check. I think it's, <laughs> I'm trying to be, you know, trying to be good. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course, mate. No, okay. It's, it's All right. a good question. My my mom is uh, white and my dad is uh, from Africa. So right. Yeah. So my dad's from Tanzania. So. Uh, and have you spent time there? No, I haven't. My, well, unfortunately, my dad left when we were oh, quite young. Me, right. and my my twin. So I only met him once. So. And you have a twin. Yeah, I have a twin brother, uh, cool. Jonathan. So he lives out in uh, Edinburgh. So right. he's a, he's a 
teaching assistant. He's brilliant, or a brilliant mind, man. If, honestly, we went to Hill Head High School, and uh, if he was treated a little better there by teachers, I, I'm sure he'd be like a history professor or something. He knows everything about history. We're having an ongoing debate about the JFK assassination. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have that all the time on Facebook, and our wives are like, please stop. <laughs> Like, no one wants to hear this publicly, you know, so... So you went to Hillhead, just nearby here? Yeah. You said you grew up partly in Mary Hill? Yeah, Mary Hill. So we went to Hillhead and we, we went to Highland Primary, so... Right, right. Yeah, so... Oh, gosh, right It's a long nearby. time ago. long time ago. Well, same. I mean, I'm I'm 30, nearly 37 now, so... You're a young man. When you're, I'm almost 40. <laughs> oh, it's about the same. <laughs> Who cares? So at the, when you were at school and stuff, what was your kind of creative life? Were you writing even then? Yeah, I was writing stories, basically, stories. like short stories, uh, poetry. Yeah. Uh, I had a great teacher there, actually, uh, Mrs. Osborne, and she really encouraged me to write. And uh, I did okay at English, and I was in high, like, higher English. I was okay but mm -hmm. i was so shy man in class i was like yeah. i was struggling you know to to uh i don't know to communicate when i was in class you know but but i i i would always answer the questions in my head you know and a teacher is asking you need questions. answers yeah well yeah. not all of them but some of them <laughs> yeah. you know and uh but yeah i was always writing then i wrote stories and she was great she encouraged me a lot so yeah. did racism play a part in your shyness do you think uh, a culture of you know of feeling other yeah, I think so. Thing? Yeah, definitely. Uh -huh. Like you, you, you feel like the order, you know, and uh, yeah, and I, yeah, me and my brother were so shy, man. We, we basically didn't have many friends in high school. It was just me and him, and we spent a lot of time together. And it's interesting because we weren't very close for years, but now, now yeah. we're very close again. You know, he got married very recently, and I'm, I'm, yeah, proud of him. You know? Oh, nice. <laughs> Did you get to go to that? Yeah, I went. I was back. I was back for that. So, so you were back, and also like for the last couple of years, people have been getting married and all sorts, and we've not been able to even be part of it. Yeah, exactly. So we're finally now able to, yeah, do that again. So that's so nice. Yeah. Um, so he's he's a smart cookie. You're saying? Yeah, definitely, man. He's very clever, very clever, and uh, I he should go and be at least a teacher. Right now, he's a teaching assistant. But yeah, he, yeah. But honestly, he could be a history professor. He knows everything about world history european history he's telling me stuff about hungary hungarian history i was like wow yeah and austrian history and everything so and you were the one that was there yeah I was. he's <laughs> the one that knows yeah, yeah. <laughs> he should live out there <laughs> <laughs> what does your mum make of your work because have you had much chat about that uh well she's read the things my white friends say she mm. she loved that and yeah. uh she got me some material like some people to interview she's like oh they'll, they'll be a good really? person to interview uh -huh. and uh the book is she's very excited she doesn't know much about the the story i'm not told right. her much but she's actually does some writing herself she had a, a play called flickering seasons mm -hmm. it's about like this is a dark play too it's a bit maybe it's maybe uh, it's her fault runs in the family <laughs> it was about like domestic abuse and everything so right. uh, uh, interracial marriage and stuff so that was what they i think that was on at the travers uh like a visiting company brought it there one night oh, really? and everything so i don't know it yeah no. but she it was like a couple of years ago now mm. and uh she still writes but I always tell her, try get your work out there, get your work out there, but she doesn't really do it. But uh, so like, that's not what she does, like full time. No, no, she's retired now. Uh, mm -hmm. she, she used to be like a carer and like social work and everything. She used right. to work in. So, wow, <laughs> it's always I'm always interested in in the rest of the family and what the the dynamic, I suppose, is and what, yeah. you know where people come from and stuff because it has such an influence on it. You yeah, know? definitely. And I'm right. always asking about what it was like at school. Did you put on shows? All that stuff because yeah. I think it's such a big part of it. No, I, I didn't put on any show, just writing, mate. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I actually have an older brother, too, who's like, he lives up in uh, Mary Hill. He's still in Mary Hill. Right. Uh, he's been there forever, like, but he's, he's, like, does graphic design and stuff. So, 
good guy. You might Creative. see him cycling around Glasgow. He's always cycling. So. <laughs> is he got? Is he? Is he like moved, gone in other places, or has he been like a a Mary Hill person? For he's like, been. Uh, he's just a, like one of those people. Yeah, he's not leaving. He's really, he yeah. stayed there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he'll be staying there forever. I <laughs> see. When I, if my parents live just up the road, and when I tell people like that, I live really close. I, I've got this weird feeling about it. I'm like, yeah, but I have been places. Yeah. I always put that on the end. I'm like, I live two miles from my parents, but you know, I've I've done stuff. I'm not like. <laughs> but have you have you always lived here in this area or no? No, I always. I lived in Deniston for a bit. Oh, awesome. At Southside, and then I've been up and down to London, and I was in Australia when I left school. And, yeah, I think I saw something about Australia. Bits and bob. You've done more research on me than I've done. On you. <laughs> Should we switch places? Maybe if you've got any questions. <laughs> it sometimes it does get turned around on me. But you were saying to me like, "What kind of research have you done?" No one's ever asked me that. So I, <laughs> I thought I was just getting away with it. I just have a chat with people. You know? <laughs> I compared you to Rogan as well, mate, which I shouldn't have done. Oh, right. that is absolutely sacrosanct. We're not having that again. <laughs> so, how are you getting on with Sally as a director? Oh, she's brilliant. But well, what are you going to say? You're not going to say, oh, <laughs> bloody <laughs> awful. No, no, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's brought a, like, uh, a whole different dynamic to the play, you know? Yeah. And uh, she saw stuff that we didn't see right now for a year. And yeah, the draft is so much more improved. And she's great with the actors. And she's a great person. Glad to have her on board. Yeah, she is a great person. Yeah. I think that's the case with any writing, though. Like, no matter how... It, in fact, the, the closer you are to it... Yeah. The less likely you are sometimes to see those things. Yeah, definitely. And someone else just comes in and goes, really obvious stuff. Yeah. I mean, when I was, the last play I wrote, the artistic director or more, Jemima said to me after the the read, the, not the read through, but the producer's run through two days yeah. before we opened, that's a lovely romantic comedy you've written. And I yeah. went, shit, so it is. <laughs> it wasn't until then that I actually knew what I'd written. Yeah. You know, I know you don't write a lot of rom-coms yeah. yourself, but like I hadn't even realised, you know what I mean? I'm so close to it, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. And I went, oh, and then I relaxed because I was like, oh, cool, so it's so it's a rom-com. Okay, cool, now we can play that. Yeah, that's you know cool. what I mean? Yeah, so it was the opposite. So you you would go trying to write something dark and it would turn, turn into a rom-com. That's exactly it. I thought I had written a sort of a, a new Waiting for Godot with a piano. Yeah. And it turned out to be like music and lyrics with Hugh Grant, <laughs> apart from set in Glasgow. No, that's so, great, man. Do you think you try and write funnier stuff and it just keeps coming out dark yeah yeah i think so i I mean i'm sure there's funny stuff in there because you've obviously you're obviously like a humorous person yeah well i mean the bookies is uh it's a black comedy so there's yeah. there's some humor in there uh we had to take a, a couple of lines i won't say what they are were they cunts by any chance hmm? were they cunts yeah <laughs> a lot of them a lot <laughs> okay of them. but uh no it's we hope it's quite funny the bookies but yeah. there's a lot going on with it and uh but it's deals with misogyny and racism and addiction gambling uh toxic masculinity there's Mm -hmm. a lot going on there's because i i think what i would say about the book is like a lot it's not what you expect it to be Mm -hmm. and without revealing the story but you'll go and it's it's not a group of people just sitting in a bookies like bantering all day you know it's okay there's a lot going on it's like it's dark it's a thriller there's I can't say more. No, but fair it, enough. Yeah, it's a it's a exciting story. We hope so. I suppose it would be impossible almost to set a play in a bookies and not touch on gambling addiction. Yeah, is yeah. that was that always in the idea for you, or was it like let's do a play in a bookies? And, oh, oh, we're gonna have to then. Yeah, do you I, know th- what I mean, I think it was always an idea. You know, we wanna we wanna deal with the the problem of these things called the uh, fobs. Yes. So, yeah. The fixed uh, odds betting, betting terminals. terminals yeah. yeah. Because there's a like a hidden epidemic in the UK, like people go in there and yep. drop their like 
their whole life in these machines basically like lose everything and uh any minute now it's going to pay out or yeah exactly. or i've got three grand just let's see if i can make it yes yeah, six, yeah ex- it's gone yeah exactly mate and uh i think a lot like a lot of people are are suffering because of these machines so we that plays a big part in the machine the, the fobs so right yeah. and did you sort of were you aware of that already or was that something you went let's go and look at the culture of bookies and then you found out about that or not did you well, research what well, Mikey works in the bookies. Ah, right. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he was he was telling us all about them. We're like, yeah, let's let's do a story about this. I see. Uh, and I think that's what Gregory Burke said to him. Yeah, like the fobs, you know, like you need to tell a story about the fobs. Yeah. So that's quite cool. Because uh, there's a couple of, every now and again you do see a bit of a panorama or a yeah know, investigative yeah. documentary about them. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's horrible, mate. It's devastating stuff. And uh, yeah, we. We just wanted to tell a story set in that world and deal yeah. with everything that goes on with that world and a little more outside it too. That's so, great. Yeah, because I think people we we talk about addiction a lot. Like I've written a lot about addiction and it's kind of an axe that I've got to grind. But, yeah. But I don't think people quite get that gambling addiction is so similar to substance addiction. Yeah. And the way it affects people. Yeah. Exactly. And the behaviours. Even myself, I I was like, nah, like it. it Surely it, not. It, it didn't add up. You know, it, yeah. it was like. I get like alcoholism. I get all that people drinking too much mm. and whatever. But I couldn't see it. I was like, "What? What's the appeal?" But the way Mikey described that what was going on in that world, I was like, "Yeah, I get, I get it. I get, I understand." You know, yeah. it's a, no one would willingly go in there and drop their whole life away. You know, no. Unless, Why would you do yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. So it's a real, it's a real problem, and yeah, we're trying to deal with it in this place. So, so is there an element of of that Mikey? deals with the writing of those bits is that has that happened in terms of division of labor yeah any technical questions as well from the from the cast or sally is like mikey covers that because i'm like like, over to you (laughs) i have no clue ask me anything about the countryside yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) like so mikey will cover all that and uh yeah i mean we're excited about the play and yeah i'm looking forward to seeing it yeah i'm always interested in anything that that talks about things like addiction yeah uh because I think that when we watch it on telly, sometimes it's it's not handled properly. Yeah. Like, every time I've ever seen an AA meeting on a telly, it's been people sitting in a circle, crying, <laughs> and, you know, someone who's in charge of the group. And yeah. I just know, somehow, imagine, I know that these are not facts. Yeah. And I'm always like, why are we like having this misrepresentation of these things? So it's so important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. To try and properly... Uh, interrogate these things yeah definitely i mean one thing i'll say like my mom is a recovering alcoholic she said it was okay for me to say that by right, the way okay. she's like 23 years sober so she's not Tremendous. she's not dealing with that anymore but uh there's a bar- part in the play I-, I won't say what it is because it's a massive important part in the play right. but it's about addiction and i was describing it to her and she's like yeah that's exactly what what addiction is like that's that's what it's like you know you're just you'll go to another place and you'll just be fixated on this one thing mm-hmm. and all you want is like that fix so it's uh yeah so but, that's good confirmation isn't it that you're going in the right direction with the writing yeah i hope so i mean but that's my mom i mean she's probably biased <laughs> ah, she <laughs> wanted to be good <laughs> yeah definitely yeah did that affect you growing up can you remember ah uh, not yeah i mean there was problems obviously like if you're if you're an alcoholic you're going to be in chaotic type relationships and everything remember one time you got made homeless i mean i don't mind telling that story basically my Mm -hmm. my mum was involved with a guy who was an alcoholic they were both drinking and Mm -hmm. but this guy was like beating her up he's a horrible guy and uh 
And one day we came home and me and my, my mom and we'd been out and my brother and the guy had kicked the door in, you know. This was in Brayside Street in Mary Hill and the, mm -hmm. and the council had like boarded up the whole house so we couldn't even get in our own house. So like, this is this is what? horrible, you know. So we ended up in a homeless shelter only a couple of nights. It wasn't mm -hmm. like we were there forever. And then my mom moved to Ireland for a little bit and me and my brother went to live with my, my gran until everything had calmed down and my mom got sober. So it was important, like something like that had to happen, I think, for my mom to to get sober and so was that a catalyst for your mom starting to get sober then yeah that particular event yeah i mean she got sober like maybe a few months after that so. really that's yeah. amazing because that it was just horrible the whole the whole situation was horrible and uh and as i said she doesn't mind me speaking about it because i did ask her and uh fair but yeah, enough yeah but yeah now she's been sober for a very long time so it's a boring life, I, I say to <laughs> life in the slowly, and that's what I say. Completely, <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering, I mean, do you think that if that stuff hadn't happened, you would still be, well, would you be writing? Well, probably not. I don't think I would be. My, really? I, as I said, it was a chaotic childhood, you know? Mm -hmm. It was, we were growing up, we had, like, different people coming in out of our lives, like, different men different women too like living in the house and everything sure and, yeah and uh and this was just the the final straw with the this uh, last guy who who moved in and kicked in our door and we we had to move out we we're trying my mom was trying to get rid of him for months and we just couldn't do it you know and then mm -hmm. one day like he kicks in our door when we're not home and the council board up the house and it's like well you got nowhere to live now. Two years later, go to the the Hamish Allen Center. I'm not even sure if it's still there. So I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. So we were there just a couple of nights, and we went to my grand's. My mom had to go and sort herself out, and then how we old were you at that time? Like Fourteen, I think. Right. So then we reunited in uh, in Edinburgh. Like once my mom was fine, we moved we moved through to Edinburgh after that. So that was when the move to Edinburgh happened. Yeah, and I right. always remember like we were in this. Uh, this women's shelter, you know, my mum had nowhere to live at first, so she was living in this women's shelter, and we went in, and I always remember, you know, the, the rain was beating on the roof, and it was like, okay, it's not an ideal situation, you don't want to be in here, but, mm -hmm. you know, we're finally safe now, we're a family, and my mum's getting better, and yeah, and things will go forward, so. How <laughs> tremendous, what yeah. an amazing story. Yeah. Do you think, is, is one of your future plays going to be something of that story? Uh, probably, at some point, when I'm, when I'm ready to write it, you know. Yeah. Everything I write is usually pretty personal you know even when i was yeah. writing uh these little pieces for uh magazines out in budapest i would always make it personal i'd always invert well not invert myself into, but i'd be in this story you know? yeah you're in there so, yeah. yeah so and um every even the bookies there's stuff in there there's there's one like uh like black character a lot of his experiences my own experience so yeah i always try and do that so i can't imagine not doing that yeah i can't imagine a writer not doing that i suppose they do though yeah I think there's a there's a lot of writers who who do right. They don't they don't. Uh, well, I know a writer, a guy out in in Hungary, and he he doesn't he never talks about himself. He never gets personal in his stories. He was actually in a cult when he was younger. His family was like, "That's an amazing really? story, man. You got to tell that story." Definitely like, write nah, about that. Yeah, That's what we want to hear. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, "No, nah, I can't. I can't." It's like I I never write anything personal, you know. So. I don't see how that's even possible. Yeah. I suppose we're all different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I always, I always think it's amazing when people write things and they don't like show people the drafts. Yeah, like, that. do you do that when you had a first draft of the book? Is did you immediately send it to somebody else? I suppose you're working with Mikey. That's different. Yeah, we like send it to Mikey and then obviously to the future. But yeah, I get, I, I've done that sometimes too. I'll write something really? and I'll just 
no one will ever see it, man. <laughs> I can't. I, like, as soon as it's if it's done, I'm like, right, okay, now I have to send it something. Yeah. It's kind of like a validation I'm looking for. Yeah. You tell me, is it all right? Is it worth, should I even keep going? Yeah. You know? No, I understand that. I mean, I think there's just sometimes you write something, you're like, I, this well, is, just this is awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this should never be out there, you know? But like, I'm talking about writers who do multiple drafts on their own. And then yeah. there are writers who deliver completed plays to, yeah. to theatres and that's it. It's yeah, like, I, this is it, it's done. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I don't think I could do that. No, because you said you got into the first week of rehearsal and you were writing all day and all yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. To exactly. sort of fix it. Yeah, there was no pubs where I was that week. <laughs> <laughs> Despite what you thought. Yeah, exactly. Do you think, are you going up like much in between now and when it opens? Yeah, I've just done, we, we're up there every Friday, so right. we're up there. Last Friday we got to see uh, Act 1 uh, from start to finish. It was amazing. It was like electric. They're, the cast are amazing. Stuff Sally's done with it. Great. And we'll see Act Two on uh, on Friday. So, so no major rewrites now when you're going up. Is it just is it odd lines? Or yeah, is just it... inserts now. Right. Yeah. We'll we almost had a major rewrite just before like day four of rehearsals, and that was like me and Mikey. We had a lot before, and this one was changing the ending and stuff. We're like, sorry oh, wow. guys, we can't. Like we've been working on this for so long, you changing know. Changing the ending. Yeah, and we just can't. We don't think the character would would do this, so we we right. want to leave it as is. And they were super cool about it. Was, oh, it's your play, guys, and. Yeah, we kind of explained why why we didn't want to change it, and they were fine with it. So wow. it's cool. That would have been a massive rewrite. I would still be up there. They play. They still play, be going. Yeah, yeah the plays never wouldn't be rehearsing when they'd be waiting for the script. So it's good. <laughs> you just asleep with the laptop <laughs> on your lap still. Exa yeah, exactly. So, but I'm glad. Uh, but yeah, we we're excited about, it and we think it's gonna. Oh, we think it's gonna do well. Keep touching your microphone, so it's not even reading. It's fine. Really? Yeah. <laughs> all I've got is you going. Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't just matter. Edit that bit out. Just it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I'll keep as the more editing I have to do, the more work I have to do. So this is going nowhere. I'm yeah. keeping this. I'm keeping it because I'm lazy. <laughs> do you ever find that? Like I'm 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 one of the most busy, lazy people I know. Yeah. Do you feel? Do you have that internal like? ultimately yeah. lazy feeling or sometimes, are you quite sometimes. you quite a motivated in general i think i'm maybe a bit of a lazy writer sometimes really I, it's not like i'm writing every day you know i'll i'll read and sometimes i'm only gonna write like you were saying earlier when someone's paying you to yeah. do it you know but when it has to be done yeah, yeah. exactly but i i mean I'll, I'll do the odd pitch i'll write i had an idea for a story recently my friend is a he's in the police force he's a detective and he was telling me about something within the police i was like wow that's a great story man mm -hmm. I, i'll say it because i i won't mention his name I think. okay but he was telling me like it's a dark story again of course but he told, <laughs> but he told me like a lot of these guys who deal with like like child abuse images they become hooked themselves really? on these images oh, no. and uh but yeah so i like I don't know. There's a story in there somewhere, right? I there think. is, yeah. That's the a depressing story. A depressed, but there's a story. I think because uh, I never knew that until he told me. He was here on uh, on Sunday. It was a wild night out in Glasgow. It was just one of those unexpected nights. He was like, mm. oh, "I'm coming through for a couple of beers." It's like mm. cool. And then we ended up at the Hydros. <laughs> the Hydros. Yeah, a gig at the Hydro. The what Royal, was on at the Hydro? Royal Bloods, like this right. hardcore like <laughs> rock band. I was like, "What's going on, man? What, how have I ended up at the Hydro?" Are you a fan and, of theirs or no? No, I don't even know who they were. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> That's and so the, mad. And I went to buy the ticket. Is like oh, I couldn't believe it. It was like forty quid a ticket. Me and my, is, are you guys joking? I thought gigs are like twenty pounds. It's been that long since I've been to a gig in Scotland. You know, and uh, it was a great gig though. They're a great band, but it wasn't a, a planned night or anything. How weird. Know? Yeah, but that is an amazing fact. Yeah, like a horrible fact. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't I, know that. Yeah, as soon as he said it, I was like, "That's that's a story. That's got to be a story, sure, Man. somewhere." So is that making it worse? I suppose is the question. Like the whole, 
the whole culture of it. Yeah. Is the people investigating it, getting hooked on it, making actually just adding to the problem? It must do. There there was a podcast like about that when the FBI set up like a fake website. Well, not a fake website. They were just monitoring it. They'd taken over it. And a lot of the guys involved in that were we're getting hooked to it. it's 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 odd it's odd really and, uh, but it's a it'll be a great cool play, story though. i think yeah cool story so what's the what's the state of play with the the three-hander it's you're just waiting to know yeah whether it's going to happen yeah i'm waiting for that to be greenlit and then i'll get down to the right and i've i've pitched it i wrote my pitch and mm-hmm. i had a meeting and it looks okay so far let's see maybe after this <laughs> there'll be no there'll be nothing you know man. hopefully maybe they'll listen to this and they'll go this guy we have to commission this guy. he's amazing <laughs> yeah but i i would actually also like to write something about daily Atkinson. you know this footballer who was killed by the police in england i think that yeah. would, i mean surely that's been commissioned somewhere that story because it's such a an amazing story you know he played for england he was a top like yeah. scorer in the english league the premier league the first couple of seasons and he had all these mental health issues and then the police murdered him on his doorstep it's like it was unbelievable but even if the the idea for the original play if you like is already gone yeah there's a there's a million other plays in different from different angles yeah definitely I mean, I, it's not one definitive thing is it yeah i'm the sort of guy who'll scrap something though if i if something else is out there i, I wrote a play actually this is one i i just wrote on my own uh about frederick Douglass. it's called we were always men and uh-huh. about his time in scotland and his fight against the free church of scotland and right. uh and i and then i found out there's another frederick Douglass play that's been commissioned and i think at the sets yeah i forget it yeah and i was like fuck it i'm not gonna <laughs> there's no point anymore is there because i'm they're gonna tell me if i pitch it in scotland they're gonna be well we already well, I suppose it'd be hard to get it on at the same in the same time period. Yeah, exactly, exactly, mate. So, hmm. but yeah, I wrote, I wrote that maybe a year and a half ago, and that was one I as I said, I just wrote it and I thought it's in a drawer somewhere now. After so, I it is it. there, it's done. Yeah, well, it's in a drawer, mate. Just as after I heard about the the sets, <laughs> I was like, there's no point now. The bastards. <laughs> <laughs> it's just burn this thing but it yeah. sounds like there isn't any shortage of ideas i mean it's like yeah. you, there's loads of stuff that you want to write but you're drawn to write about yeah yeah if it, me and mikey definitely want to write something again together uh soon uh, mm-hmm. some football play maybe he's not so keen on the daily nackinson thing because he doesn't want to write something that dark again <laughs> so <laughs> soon okay which i get i get oh god i got to sort these headphones sorry man what's happening it's just like it's too much hair. You've just got a lot of hair as yeah. well. That's nobody's fault. Yeah. I actually got this uh, detangled. You know, it was a mess. Was it? Uh, I got it. It took four hours. And the, Whoa. the women in there hated me in the hairdresser. When I left, they were like, <laughs> just get out the door. Because we were like almost done, maybe like an hour from there. I said, I could just come back tomorrow. We're like, we never want to see this hair again. Just go. <laughs> go. And I was like, well, please, I beg you. Because yeah. <laughs> I was stuck in the, the Hungarian countryside for two years. I mean, there's no one down there who could do my hair. You know? she just so, let it kind of Yeah, it just go. got wild and. <laughs> it, it wasn't great i felt bad for them they, they stood there for four hours like sorting out my my afros <laughs> wow you can't do that yourself no i can't it was such a mess it was all like we dreadlocks and stuck together like tangled together oh my God. So they had to comb it out and dreadlock my dreadlock wow it was painful for them so definitely. it'll be all right now for a bit though yeah it'll be good now it'll be good now. i just need to put in products and stuff you and gotta keep on top of it yeah exactly okay okay now you've got the headphones messing up yeah exactly. <laughs> well listen joe what a pleasure to talk to you i can't wait to see the play no, it opens mate. on the 3rd of May. 3rd of May, yeah. And it will run to, what, about the 20th, something like 21st, that? 21st, yeah. 21st, right, okay. you got to come rep. up, mate. you got to come up. I'll be there. Absolutely. Okay. Can't wait. And thanks very much for taking the time to chat. Now, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
There you have it, Joe McCann, what a guy, and his play written in conjunction with Michael Burnett opens at Dundee Rep. It's the world premiere of this brand new play and it's running from the Tuesday the 3rd of May to Saturday the 21st of May. It's directed by Sally Reid and the cast includes Ewan Donald, Barry Hunter, Irene McDougall and Benji Osugo. So that is going to be, I think, a very exciting opening um, and a great creative team behind it as well. Designed by Kenny Miller, lighting by Lizzie Powell. The list goes on, believe me. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Do get yourself up to the rep if you can to catch that. There's so much good stuff going about at the moment. It's exciting. So that's May. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm doing a, a show in May as well. I'm going to be in a new musical called Thread. Uh, which is uh, how to describe it. I don't know. I just had a meeting about it today. A Scottish folk musical, I suppose. Folk slash contemporary musical theatre uh, by Bethany Tenick and Iona Ramsey and Fraser Scott. And I'm looking forward to being in that. A cast of eight. And uh, it's running towards the end. Let me think. Yeah, the last week in May at Renfrewshire, at Renfrew Town Hall. But more on that. Uh, as and when it appears, and more information on my new show, The Janison Frank Story. Aha! The Janison Frank Story, part two, The Briceland Chronicles, coming soon, later in this year. We don't have the dates announced just yet, and when they do, you'll be the first to know about it. Aha! The Janison Frank Story, part two, The Briceland Chronicles, because I'm a sucker for a long title. <laughs> Look forward to hearing about that. As soon as I have the dates, I will bring them to you. So I'm off on my holidays. I hope you have a lovely week. I hope life is treating you well and that you've got the capacity to do everything you need to do and still drink your water, wear your mask and be kind to each other. Hope you have a nice week. Cheerio now.